welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, we are continuing our discussion on OCD today, and I want to address one particular area um, of, uh, of biblical insight, I think, where the Bible addresses this particular topic. And uh, if you recall last time, we said that when you are facing uh, an issue like this, or uh, another counseling or uh, issue related to, to life like this, um, we have to oftentimes translate the psychological language into biblical language. And what I mean by that is that the term OCD is not in the Bible. So we might be tempted at the outset to say, well, then the Bible has nothing to say about that. Um, but what we're going to have to do instead is to see if the symptoms are there and how the Bible addresses those symptoms. And perhaps maybe the Bible use different, uh, uses different terms to describe that. So um, instead of OCD, it might say something else. And so we did see, and we explored this a little bit last week, and that the Bible does not use the term OCD, but in certain translations, it does use the term scrupulosity, which is another term that has been used to um, refer to OCD. And so we looked at those passages uh, to see uh, what we could learn, and hopefully uh, you were able to gain some insight into um, kind of translating or or looking into Scripture for that particular issue. So this week we're going to look at OCD from a different angle. And that is part of this translation process from psychological language to biblical language um, is going to be trying to find what the symptoms are and where does the Bible address those, uh, those symptoms. Um, and so we're going to mine those truths out of the Bible. Now, this is where I will say, and I'll, I'll maybe just hesitate a little bit here, but sometimes um, in uh, God's common grace, uh, the world... Uh, is able to uh, get some things right, and so we're we're never making the case that the world knows nothing, or um, you know they can never discover truth. Um, we know that God's common grace um, allows all of His creatures to uh, enjoy a certain kind of um, uh, discovery and observation of truth and those kinds of things. So here's where um, something like the DSM-5 may come in handy, uh, something like uh, psychology. Let me just read this to you. I'm going to read to you part of the uh, description of OCD from the DSM-5. I've done this a little bit in the past ones. And just we're going to Uh, hone in on one area. It says this, many individuals with obsessive compulsive disorder have dysfunctional beliefs. These beliefs can include an inflated sense of responsibility and the tendency to overestimate threat, perfectionism, and intolerance of uncertainty and overimportance of thoughts and the need to control thoughts. Okay, so this the phrase there that I want to kind of dig out today is the phrase intolerance of uncertainty. Um, now, again, I'm not uh, endorsing the unbiblical uh, presuppositions and foundations behind secular psychology um, and the DSM-5, but here's, here's where this is helpful in my mind. When you simply just read through that list of symptoms in their description of OCD, 
then there might be uh, a little bit of ease in matching this up to the Bible. So when I say, man, OCD, the phrase is not in the Bible, obsessive compulsive is not in the Bible. Well, I read that and I see that people with OCD have, according to secular psychologists, an intolerance of uncertainty. So then here's my question. I don't have to embrace their foundations or their presuppositions. Uh, I don't have to endorse any of that. I don't have to look at their solutions and try to integrate that with the Bible. I simply have a symptom here, and I can ask myself this question. Does the Bible deal with that? Does the Bible deal with the person who has an intolerance of uncertainty? And I think that the Bible does. There are biblical passages that deal with knowledge and certainty, our lack of certainty, um, the fact that the Lord is ultimately the one who is certain of all things. And so then we can begin to mine in Scripture and dig around and find out how to apply these passages to the person who's struggling through this um, and this particular symptom here. So where do we see this? So, so the DSM-5 has said that they have an intolerance of uncertainty. Where is this in the life of the OCD struggler? In numerous areas, um, you think of the person who has to check the lock multiple times before bed. Uh, you know, they chuck the lock and then they go back to bed and then they doubt and they say, did I really check the lock or am I just remembering what I did last night? And so they go check again and then maybe they check again and then maybe they go back again and they, they unlock it and then they lock it again just to make sure that their eyes weren't deceiving them when they saw the the the, the lock turn a certain way. And, and they go through these kinds of rituals kind of uh, things. They're wanting certainty. There's no room for doubt at all in, in any level. In fact, they're even sometimes doubting their own senses um, in these situations. And of course, this isn't to say that we can't check a lock um, or those kinds of things. Um, we all probably have similar routines uh, before bed. You you know walk through the house and make sure all the locks are locked. But but we're talking about the OCD type situation where there's multiple multiple again and again and again, and the doubt there that they're trying to get rid of. Um, we see this also, you know, multiple showers a day, multiple hand washings per day. Um, they want to be totally sure they got all the germs. There can't be the slightest possibility that they will get sick or they will get germs or they will get someone else sick. What will happen if, you know, there was a germ on this table and I didn't wash my hands good enough and then someone else got sick from that and then they died, you know, I'd be responsible for their death kind of thing. These are the kinds of things that the person going through OCD is thinking through. Um, that you also see the, uh, need for certainty when you're inundated with intrusive thoughts about harming someone. So people with OCD will have, uh, perhaps a thought of throwing a baby out the window or something, or, you know, punching somebody in the face or whatever it might be. And they have to be so certain, you know, that they would never do that. So they obsess over it. And like we talked about, I think in the first podcast, they'll sometimes avoid these situations, avoid certain people or situations where they're afraid that they might do something. They have to be totally certain. You know, you have a hoarder, perhaps, who might not throw an item out because they're not certain that they, they might not need it again in the future. 
um, a Christian who has what we've talked about, uh, as Bunyan calls them, blasphemous thoughts, might fear they have committed the unpardonable sin, and they need total certainty on this, and they're, they're tormented through it. And so these are just a few expressions of the certainty that is needed in the OCD person's life. Now, the question is, does the Bible address that? And the answer is yes. It comes down to this. Is God's word trustworthy, or do I have to find trust in myself? Do I, do I have to lean on my own understanding, so to speak? Uh, what is the foundation of my assurance? If the foundation of my assurance is empirical observation, then I can never have assurance. Uh, you enter into the problem posed by David Hume, and uh, this, uh, some of you may know, is uh, Hume's problem of induction. Uh, you can never achieve certainty because you never know if the future will be like the past. And so it's just kind of this endless cycle of never being able to know anything. Certainty and knowledge in this particular instance has become an idol of the heart. And so for the person with OCD, this must be gained at all costs, even if it takes hours of rituals to achieve that certainty. So the the compulsive part, so you remember we have the obsessive part, the compulsive part, the obsessive part um, is the thought, you know, what if my hands are dirty? The compulsive part is the hours of washing to make sure. The compulsive component to this is really the answer to this question. What would you be willing to do in order to achieve certainty in knowing that you have clean hands or whatever it might be? What would you be willing to do in order to get certainty in this area? You're laying in bed at night. What would you be willing to do to have absolute complete and total certainty that that door is locked. And what's the answer to that? Well, the answer is whatever the compulsion is. You know, I would wash my hands a hundred times in the day if it gave me certainty. I would go check the lock eight times before bed. I would take four showers in the day. I would, you know, say these kinds of ritualistic prayers in order to make sure that I'm forgiven or whatever it might be. Do you know what that is? That is idolatry of knowledge and certainty. And so this actually becomes uh, problematic, not um, in necessarily just the, the, the desire to, hey, did I make sure the door's locked or whatever? It becomes a problem when it becomes an idol of the heart that I have to have this certainty. Uh, is there always a chance that maybe I, when I, I lock the door, I'm remembering it from the night before? Yeah, there, there's the possibility of that. Is there a possibility that I didn't wash my hands enough and they'll be, I'll get sick or something? It's a possibility, yeah. Um, most people would say it's unlikely, and so I'm not going to worry about it. But for the person with OCD, there is a certain kind of uh, idolatry of certainty that they have to achieve Otherwise, they can never rest. Now, this is where a biblical counselor needs to be particularly astute because here's one uh, area that we can, I think, perhaps maybe a trap to, to fall into, and that is 
OCD sufferers in an effort to obtain complete and total certainty feel the need to seek out continuous, unending assurance. Um, For someone who might not be aware of what's going on, they might just come across as a nagging, annoying person. Um, you know, saying things, you know, are you sure this surface is clean? Are you sure you washed it? Are, are you sure that you locked the door? Are you sure that you turned off the iron before we left the house? Are you sure that I didn't offend that person when I said those words, you know, at church today? Are you sure that this gift is a good enough gift for their birthday party? Whatever it might be, there's just this continual unending nagging of, are you sure? 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 And they're trying to seek out that assurance so that um, they can have this certainty. And of course, they found out that they can't get it themselves. And so now they're going to other people and saying, are you sure of this? Now, this is, uh, I'm, I'm finishing the thought here where a biblical counselor needs to be particularly astute. And that is the temptation for the, the biblical counselor or the friend or the spouse or whatever is going to be to simply just offer the assurance and move on. And I, I'm not necessarily saying that's always wrong, but... In some situations, in fact, in a lot of situations, it may be better to ask this question as a response to their question. When they say, are you sure that I, you know, didn't offend the person when I said that, you might want to ask this question in response. Why do you need to be sure of that? Why do you need that certainty? It's easy to say, oh, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Move on. Well, you've moved on, but they haven't moved on. And what is not being dealt with is the idolatry. In fact, oftentimes to just continue unending to give assurance to this person is sometimes to stoke the fire and to give them their fix that they're wanting, to to give them their idol. And it may be better as you're observing this situation to deny that idol. In fact, it is better to deny the idol. And to inquire as to why they need to have that idol satisfied in the first place. Why do you need to know? Why do you have to be sure? Is there no trust in the Lord? Is there no trust that the the Lord knows what he's doing and, and you won't ever have total certainty? Why do you have to know these things? And so in some instances, I think that... Um, in a good effort to just help this person, uh, the opposite could be achieved in just stoking that fire over and over and over again instead of actually kind of rooting out that uh, particular sin, that particular idolatry, and just deny them that need that they have for certainty. Um, And so I want to talk about some biblical principles that I think will uh, reinforce what we're talking about here. And I think the, the first one, and perhaps this might be the, the highlight verse um, to have, and I would encourage those with uh, OCD to perhaps memorize this or to write it down in a card or something of that nature, but it's Deuteronomy 29, 29. Um, and remember that OCD is called the doubting disease. We talked about that. And so... Uh, This might be a good verse. It could be a theme verse, perhaps, for someone going through this issue. And that is, it says this, Deuteronomy 29, 29, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, 
but the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of the law. So the first part there, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. So here's the theme, and I realize <laughs> you you give this verse to some of those, and it's like this, you know, ah, I just, I, but I don't want it to be that way. I, I want to be able to know those things. And I think the theme that Deuteronomy 29, 29 is going to introduce to us is the theme that God knows all things and we don't. And, and that, there needs to be a satisfaction in that and a contentment in that. So foundationally speaking, then, the course correction that is required in this area is in the area of your view of God and your view of yourself. It's a theological course correction. In order to overcome your doubts, you need to know something about God, namely that he's omniscient, and you need to know something about yourself, namely that you're not omniscient. And so we even see this in Job's life in Job 38 and verse 2, where the Lord rhetorically asks Job this question, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? He accuses Job of having insufficient wisdom. And then Job at the end of the book in chapter 42 and verse 3, he actually repeats this back to the Lord in a quotation. So Job quotes the Lord by saying, who is this? Uh, in, in chapter 42, verse 3, who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? And then Job gives his response to that. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. So he concedes the point. He, he recognizes that he has no ultimate knowledge. Uh, David, in Psalm 139, and verse 6, uh, when speaking to the degree to which the Lord knows him, he exclaims, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Uh, which is to say that God's knowledge is beyond my knowledge. I have no ability to compete with that, and I can never be completely certain without the Lord, basically. The OCD person wants to attain that high knowledge, wants to grab at that certainty. And so getting that certainty, or, or perhaps maybe we should say striving to get that certainty, is not going to help the situation. And that's why ultimately the OCD person should not be given the thing that he wants, because uh, he really can't get it anyways. He needs to deny that craving. He needs to deny himself of that knowledge. And not only that, and it's not just living life in a vacuum, he has to positively worship the Lord for having that certainty. In Psalm 147.5, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And so why, why is he great? Because his understanding is beyond measure. It should be actually a key point of worship of the Lord is his omniscience. And uh, interestingly enough, as we kind of work through this, uh, we're talking about certainty, but even for the person going through OCD, there, there is a kind of functional certainty that even they express. For instance, uh, they usually won't check to be certain to know if the chair will hold them up before they sit in it. They usually won't check to be certain that their car is reliable before they get into it. And so if anything, there actually is an inconsistency. I'm willing to be have a functional certainty about these areas, but I'm not willing to have a functional certainty about these areas. 
And so really, in a lot of ways, the call is for them to be consistent. And so just like they have a functional trust in their chair, they need to have a functional trust in washing their hands one time and being done with it or whatever the example is. Um, But in order to even have that, in order to even have functional certainty, you're going to need to have one of two things. You are either going to, number one, need to know all things, or number two, you're going to need to know the one who knows all things. It is true that if you don't know all things, you really can't be certain in a lot of areas. But if you do know the one who knows all things, then what can you do? You can trust him because he knows. Oh, I don't know this, but he knows. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but the Lord knows. But this is at odds with the central struggle of the individual with OCD. It strikes at the difference between trust and doubt. And so just like OCD has been called the doubting disease, uh, I would suggest to us that part of the cure here as we are exploring over several podcasts, the cure to OCD, and we'll continue this study, Lord willing. Uh, But part of the cure here is the cure of trust to strike at the doubt of your own heart means that you have to get outside of yourself and look to Christ. The only way that this individual can have victory in this area is to give up and to deny themselves of their fundamental idol of certainty instead of indulging it. They need to instead to to give it up and to trust someone else instead. This has the result of leaving many questions unanswered and to be honest, this is not going to eliminate every thought of doubt. But there is something that should be more precious than certainty to the believer, and that is knowing the Lord. Is Jesus enough? Or do you need to have Jesus plus certainty? Give up your idol. Be okay with the lack of certainty offered in this life and trust in the one who knows all things and rest in that he is enough. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.